Hey, Value Builders, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's great to be with you again. I'm so excited to welcome Ellen Turchilla of Electric to this episode. Ellen is the newly appointed Chief Customer Officer at Electric after spending time at Workday and CM Group. In our discussion, she shares how she thinks about designing her customer success organization to influence net dollar retention. She elaborates on how she thinks about scaling a customer success organization relative to enablement and hiring. And we touch on why it's so important to be one step ahead of customers in order to to create new value. It's a great discussion. I'm happy to share it with you today. Please welcome Ellen Turchella of Electric to this episode of Value Builders. Let's get into it. Ellen, it's great to see you today. Thanks for sitting down with me for an episode of the podcast. Great to see you too, Dave. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about a variety of uh, things relative to your work in customer management, customer success. So I'm really excited to, to touch on a variety of topics today. Uh, but before we get into that, you've been around the block in customer success, have spent time at Workday and Sail Through, and then the CM Group after an acquisition, and now at Electric. Talk to me a little bit about why you've, you've kind of set off on this customer success path and, and what you're doing at Electric today. Yeah, I'm happy to. It's uh, it makes me feel old that you said I've been around the block, but I realized <laughs> experienced is all. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> basically, been doing this for 20 years now. Um, yeah, I, I've really been in customer facing roles for all of my career, dating back to my Ariba days. And uh, back then, I essentially was a customer success manager, but I think it was before the term CSM even really had been coined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I, I've really been customer facing. I, I love at the end of the day, just you know, knowing that somebody has made an investment in the product and service that you're selling and um, being ultimately responsible for them being happy and that there's ROI and that it's you know, for them like a positive relationship and they feel good about the decision that, that they made. So yeah, been with a lot of really great companies and really fortunate to have done so. It's a great, a great list of companies and congratulations on your new gig at Electric. I know you're just getting settled there, uh, but Electric is sitting at this interesting intersection of employee experience and uh, customer experience from, from your, your seat. How do you think about that intersection? Is it a, is it a new dynamic for you? It is and it isn't. Um, you know, every every place I've worked has been in a slightly different industry. And you know, mm-hmm. when I date back to my workday days, like part of workday was the payroll system, and it's like right. the one thing you can't screw up is paying your employees on time. Um, and I'm six weeks in here at Electric, and it's you know one thing I probably learned on day two is like you know when your customers are relying on you to provision you know hardware and software for their employees when they onboard new employees, like that's table stakes stuff. If there's not a laptop sitting on that person's desk the day before they start, um, they can't run their business. And so, you know, these, these organizations have really put the trust of having a successful IT infrastructure um, in the hands of electric and, and with me and my team and everyone across our company. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, like their own employees being happy and successful working at their organizations, we play a huge role in that. And it's something that, that we take really seriously. Yeah, and you're obviously in the middle of this evolution to remote work and remote life. What has that meant for uh, for software as you see it in this in this type of organization that that is electric? 
Yeah, I mean, I think broadly speaking, it's all about right making sure people can be efficient and accomplish all of the same job duties that they were previously probably doing in an office and mm -hmm. and doing it from home. I think when it comes specifically to electric, like you know, predating me, of course, but historically, like a lot of the work that we would be doing is a customer is opening a new office and they need us to come in and do a site walkthrough and make sure that they are set up, you know, to make sure that they can run that operation efficiently and successfully. Mm -hmm. I think now that a lot of our customers have, in some cases, all, if not the majority of their employees working from home, it's more about from a security perspective, making sure that um, the company, regardless of where the employee is working, has the right firewalls and security, you know, provisions in place to make sure that the company doesn't face any, you know, liability. Very good. Yeah. A whole new set of dynamics that, that everyone's trying to navigate here, which is, I think, a good opportunity to step back. And I want to talk more customer success strategy with you. We're going to talk a little bit about net dollar retention and how you develop CSMs. But at kind of the macro level, how do you think about value creation uh, relative to your customer base? Yeah, for me, value creation is really, my team will laugh because I, I say this a lot, but it's the best customer facing teams, whether it's, you know, implementation, pro serve, customer success support, it's not just being there to be reactive to what the customer is asking you or what they need. Like, yeah, that's a huge part of it. Customer asks you a question, they have a problem, you need to help them solve it. That's why, mm -hmm. you know, we are gamefully employed. But I think the best customer facing teams take that a step farther and they're very consultative in their approach. And they're not shy about in a tactful way saying to a customer, like, you're not doing this the right way, or you're not thinking about this the right way, or, oh, by the way, I have a cohort of other customers I support. And these are some of the tips and trends and things that I'm seeing them be successful with as they use our product. And so it's really putting on that consultative hat and even thinking like one step ahead of where the customer is thinking. And so for me, creating value is all about, you know, being an extension of the customer's team. We all say that in customer success and it's like, you know, the age old, um, you know, tagline, but it, it's true. Like we want them to think of our CSMs as an extension of their team. That's fantastic. So let's break that down a little bit. And I, I know we all think about or aspire to turn uh, at least a, a segment of our, our customer success team into strategic advisors. And you're really talking about how, how yeah. you um, are, are set up, setting off on that path as well. So how do you think about the development of the CSM relative to put, getting to the, that place of being proactive and you know, challenging the customer to think bigger, you know, casting a vision for them? What's, what's in your toolbox to, to help you get, get to that place with your team? Yeah, I mean, it's all about data, right? Um, making data informed decisions. Okay. And by that, I mean, and I'll give an example, like at my last place of work, you know, in my sale through and CM group days, it was all about email engagement. And so mm -hmm. the best way to have the customers and users engaging with their email marketing programs is, are people opening your emails? If they're not, how do we make a more entice, enticing subject line? Mm -hmm. If they're not taking action once they open your email, it's because the content, right, isn't fit for that end user. And so it's the same here at Electric. It's just a different industry where it's like, we need to take the data we have based on the usage of our customers, you know, how much they're adopting from our platform and creating a technology roadmap for them to say, 
you know, here's all the things you bought from electric and you're only using this much of it. So that to me is creating value right there, which is like, let's close that gap and make sure the customer's maximizing the usage of everything that they've already bought and -hmm. then taking it a step further. And this will probably get into the net dollar retention conversation, but what are all the other things we think could bring value to that customer? At the end of the day, it's making value for the customer. And then ultimately for us, it's making the customer more sticky so that they want to you know, partner with us for well into the future. From a, from a training and development standpoint, um, how are you kind of coaching CSMs to not only look at the data, but then put it in front of the customer in, in more of that strategic way? Are you, are you helping them develop plans and, and then putting that kind of at, at a more strategic level in front of customers? What's the exercise that you go with uh, on that side of the things? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, if I'm being totally candid, it's something that we're still working on formalizing okay. here at Electric. Uh, in my mind, it's at least twice a year that we need to be having these technology roadmap reviews where it's, yeah. you know, coming in and assessing some of the things I mentioned earlier around like security, for example, or how are they procuring their Google or Microsoft licenses or malware bytes, or, you know, there's a number of things that actually, if we manage those licenses for the customer, it mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier because again, I mentioned like most of our customers are in the SMB space where often they either have very limited teams that understand IT, which is why they've outsourced to us, or they have nobody. And in the cases where they have nobody, they're really relying on us to come in and say, we're happy to be your one-stop shop um, where we can procure these things on your behalf and manage them for you, as opposed to you having multiple vendors uh, to manage. And so ultimately, I want to get to the place with our CSMs where I've gotten my previous teams too, which is operationally, we have a template, we update it regularly, it has product roadmap slides in it, so that the CSM can be very educated and telling the customer like, oh, by the way, here's all the cool stuff we rolled out in the last three or six months that we'd love to see you take advantage of. And by the way, here's a sneak peek of what's what's coming over the next six months. Yeah, so in that SMB scenario really is a quite literally making the, the job of, of the, the customer easier, um, reducing the friction that they have in running their business and educating uh, ongoing around how they can always be improving, right? Yep, absolutely. Very good. So let's get into net dollar retention and just philosophically, how do you think about this, uh, this metric that really has become a North Star for, for all of us in customer management, customer success, uh, and then broader than that for, for companies um, who, who, who understand the importance of, of retaining and growing customers. But mm-hmm. how, do, how do you think about it? And then I'd love to get your take on uh, the ways in which you have improved that metric over time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I said this on our exec team meeting last week, which is it's very easy for those in, in customer success to own NPS or own net dollar retention. Yeah. Um, and Brian, our CEO, is really bullish about the fact that like everyone in the company needs to know what our company goals are. And if you stop an employee in the hallway and you ask them what our company goals are, regardless of what organization, what team they're on, they should be able to answer that question. And so when I think about net dollar retention, yes, I am the one that's getting measured on it, but it's every single person across the company has plays a role in it. Um, and for me, net dollar retention is, you know, it's, we know how it's calculated, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all about taking it a step further and really analyzing like, okay, in some cases, like maybe we have healthy turnout of our business because maybe we have some customers and it, there's, they're few and far between, but it happens where someone doesn't fit into your ideal customer profile and you decide to part ways. And so mm-hmm. when that happens, like, 
maintaining our net dollar retention targets and metrics is all about, okay, how do we plug that elsewhere? Um, and it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, but um, it's growing the, the, the vast majority of the customers we have, not only should we be renewing them and it should be a no brainer for that customer at renewal to say, yes, I pick you electric to continue to be my partner. Um, but also, you know, that consultative selling approach. And, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset that, um, it makes sense to have different teams for customer success and account management. And if, if I may, I'll kind of elaborate on my philosophy yeah. there. Please do, please yeah. do. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The First 90 Days, right? But it's, you know, it's all about like coming in as a new executive in a company and like, you don't want to make too many changes too quickly because what worked at your previous place might not work really well here. Right. Um, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. However, one change I made literally on week one coming into electric was, um, A, I think it's really hard to hire people that are great at being that strategic CSM technology roadmap provider, all those things. And also like put on your renewal and commercial cap at the end of the year and say, Hey customer, Oh, by the way, I'm now going to negotiate with you mm -hmm. on your payment terms and how much we're charging you per user. And Oh, by the way, I want to sell you some more stuff. Like not only is that hard to hire in a profile of a, of a talent of a candidate, it's confusing to the customer. Mm -hmm. And so um, kind of on week one, I had said to the team, like we're standing up a totally separate account management function. Um, and we're in the process of hiring those people right now, and they will handle the renewals and upsells. And those will be the people that handle anything commercial um, related to our customers, which for me is how we stay layers, laser focused on kind of the renewal and upsell side of things. And then, oh, by the way, of this, we have this fantastic CSM team off to the side who are keeping customers happy throughout the year that then lead to those successful renewals. That's great. I'm going to pull on a couple of things here. So let's, let's come back to the account manager CSM dynamic in a second. But when you talk about um, communicating and, and sharing the responsibility of the, the net dollar retention uh, KPI within the organization, is everyone aligning to that? And, and from a comp standpoint, or is it, is it um, just a kind of rallying cry? How does that uh, kind of come to life within the business? Yeah, those with variable compensation, which, you know, at every organization, it's some teams have variable comp and some right. don't, but yes, right. tied to company results, namely net dollar retention, um, in some cases, customer satisfaction. And so, okay. yes, it's a rallying cry. And, you know, Ryan talks about it on our, on our all hands calls and everybody knows what the goal is and how we're tracking toward it. Um, but yes, it, it, very fundamentally, and that's been how it is everywhere I've worked, which is, you know, I, I had inherited a team at my last uh, company where their entire variable comp was based on MBOs. And by the way, who wrote the MBOs? They did every quarter. And I was like, mm -hmm. guys, that's great. But like, everyone's getting paid hundred percent every quarter. What's the point? Mm -hmm. And by the way, I want everyone to get paid their bonus. And in, right. in all cases, if possible, more than hundred percent, because we're crushing it, but it needs to be tied to company goals, as opposed to just like, we checked off this project. Right. And for all of the conversation around busting out in silos and alignment at the end of the day, it does come down to uh, the, the metrics that we're, we're monitoring. And, and then ultimately, uh, we need something that's unifying the, the business. And it feels like that's over the past few years, it really has become that, that unifying metric, which, um, which is awesome to see. But uh, every organization does it differently. So it's good to get your, your take on how, how you guys are doing it. So back to account management and CSMs, uh, I, I love that organization be, uh, relative to net dollar retention because you're you're really 
satisfying both needs. We need to protect the base. We need to retain those customers um, with, within the CSM function. Uh, but then uh, the, the, the muscle of, of growing and expanding these relationships is, is a unique skill set oftentimes. So do you think about it that way? Those are kind of two key levers, two key teams that are ultimately rolling up into that, that net dollar retention strategy? Yeah, I think of them exactly like they're two levers, but they're like, I said to the team when I rolled this out, like nobody's total on target earnings are changing here. It's just that we have very clear swim lanes and who's responsible for what. And oh, by the way, like we all win together. And so whether that means a CSM introduces an account manager six months out from renewal and says, let's kick off this renewal and it has an upsell, that's great. But it also might be halfway through the contract term, the CSM sees a need, right? Where the customer mm -hmm. does need to procure, you know, name the application through us. Then they bring in the account manager throughout the year. And that account manager, by the way, is the person who has the skill set to talk about the business case. That's right. the other thing that's hard about being a CSM, right? Is like knowing your product, knowing you know, how to make the customer successful with it, answering their how-tos, being consultative, all those things, that's hard enough for one person to do all of those things. And on top of it, you have a number of upsell products and you want them to be able to do like a business case, fit for purpose, you know, process and conversation with a customer. It's, it's easier said than done. And so I'm, I'm really bullish about this team that we're standing up that'll be effective on Jan 1. It sounds like it's it's a great uh, strategy from a from a design standpoint, and I think you know as as customer success has evolved, there is a clear understanding around just the complexities of the role. But there's something very clarifying around organizing uh, the 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 team around net dollar retention, and the, but then relative to skill set. So I, I think it's it's awesome, and for something we're not talking about that enough. It, there's a lot of discussion around. The, the difference between customer success and, and then um, account management, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about that relationship between the two and NDR. So uh, good for you for, for stepping into that in some really meaningful ways. Um, let me get your take on scaling a customer success organization. So as you reflect on your experiences at, at your past companies, you know, what, what does it take to really scale an organization uh, in that growth, that growth mode? Yeah. And it's, it's, Great timing for you to be asking me this because it's like, the, and by the way, the reason I joined Electric was like this company, A, is going through explosive growth and it's so, so exciting to me to be part of that ride. Um, but also, you know, we, with that comes challenges and that mm -hmm. I, I came on board to help solve those challenges. So um, number one is, and this is kind of fundamental, but like tiering customers based on ARR is super important. Um, mm -hmm. Not only because obviously this goes without saying the larger AR customers have the most employees, we want to align them to our most seasoned um, customer success managers that have, you know, the most experience, not only like at electric, but just in industry or being a CSM in general, um, making sure you have the right people aligned to the right customers. Also just operationally, like I, the way I think about the role of the CSM is, um, like you're kind of the quarterback for the customer, right? right With right. all of the other teams in the organization. So my CSMs, for example, spend a lot of their time dealing, like if we have an escalation with a customer, maybe they come and they say, I log a ticket with your service desk, which sits under Tara, our head of product. Um, 
And the reason I point out that distinction is typically we think of like services sitting under customer success, but at electric, we sell a service that is our product. So it sits under product, which makes total sense. But going back to what I was saying, it's the CSM, if they're dealing with an escalation, they're like the quarterback because they're the person that ultimately is responsible for going back to the customer. Mm -hmm. But as we scale, like that's not going to work. And when I look at the numbers that, you know, we talk about with our board about the number of customers we expect to add in 2022, 2023, et cetera, the only way to scale to that is to make sure not only that we have those swim lanes intact with the account management team, but also that we are hiring ahead of the growth. And mm. Ryan and I talked about this earlier today. It's like, I can't wait until we add 300 more customers, right? To add 10 more CSMs, call it. Like I need to be recruiting for those CSMs right now, especially given the labor market and how challenging it is to find talent. Um, but we can't wait till we sign those customers to recruit onboard train and then have customer facing CSMs ready to go to support those customers. And that's part of, to wrap that up into a bow or tie it into a bow. That's what's exciting to me about being, you know, part of something that is growing the way electric is, is like, we have the autonomy, you know, we just had a really fantastic series D and we're making those investments in the company to be ready for the business of 2023, for example. Very good. Are you finding that you're having to get creative from a hiring perspective in this climate? Um, I, I talked to other leaders who are really trying to go outside of software, other industries, um, find, find skill sets that do transfer. How do you think about um, hiring in, in this climate? Yeah, so it's, it's such a hot topic, right? I mean, I think <laughs> generally speaking, yes, we have to get creative. And, and by the way, like some of the best CSMs I've hired don't come directly from industry. And maybe like, I, I think about my last company, I had somebody who came from a finance, she was in finance and like working these like 90 hour weeks and she was ready for a break and she came to be a CSM. And now she's running like the global campaign monitor and Emma customer success teams nice. and didn't have that background. And so, yes, you need to see that in somebody and see what makes a good CSM, which is a whole other, you know, podcast. Yeah. Um, but with that said, I think a few things go a really long way. One is we have a really great talent acquisition team here, and I've been so impressed with the partnership I have there. I think we can take it even one step further where, for example, on LinkedIn, like having the hiring manager reach out, I've seen mm -hmm. that be really successful where it's like, I know my recruiters reaching out and we think you're a perfect fit for this role to come in and talk to us. By the way, I'm the hiring manager and I'd love to talk to you as opposed to just all of us have, you know, inundated inboxes on LinkedIn from recruiters, and it's hard to like see the forest or the trees and know what's a real opportunity. And so hearing from a hiring manager that there's a fit, I think, you know, does go a really long way. I like so that a lot. It's, it's kind of like that little extra effort just to yeah. uh, embrace the, the needs of the organization of, of your team, obviously, um, yeah. but uh, not always relying on, on the recruiter to, to do that, that work um, by, yeah. by themselves. Yeah. And I would also say like, you know, LinkedIn is obviously a very powerful tool. So yeah. not only having recruit or recruiters and hiring managers post, you know, roles, but have cross-functional folks. Like there's someone I want to hire into my organization. And I said to someone on our service desk, like Tom, who runs our service desk, I said, do you know anybody in your network that might be good for this? Because he spent his entire career in the MSP space. So he's going to know, you know, what's out there. And so like having your colleagues cross functionally repost your roles into their networks goes a really, really long way too. That's a good tidbit, you know, and it's, 
you know, some a couple of those things sound obvious, but um, we don't always do them. So it's just that little nudge to 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 uh, collaborate internally. I, I love that. From a ramp up standpoint, um, are, are is there anything that you're doing to try to to ramp up CSMs faster or account managers as they get on board? Since this since you're in this high growth mode and you really are trying to trying to move fast. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we are, um, and this goes across customer success as well as like implementation and ProServe, which are also kind of, you know, within my organization, but it's like, yes, we're growing re really quickly and we're adding functionality all of the time. So we, we partner closely with enablement whenever we have a new release, making sure the team is, you know, uh, prepared and ready to, you know, talk to customers about the value of those. We're in... We're in a unique position in my team. I say unique because of the opportunity is, is widely in front of us, which is we have a lot of new people and that's a great thing. But part of that is, okay, how do we onboard them into our first 90 days? And we have, we have a pretty decent program for that, right? To make sure that they can be really credible with customers out of the gate. What keeps me up at night, and this has kept me up at night at every company I've worked for, which is we're in high growth, we're successful, our product team is crushing it, product and end, rolling out new features and functions all the time. How do we keep our, our teams? This is enable, you know, this is implementation pro serve CS. Like, how do we on an ongoing basis? Our head of enablement last week to me called it everboarding. And I had not heard that term before, but she's like, it's not onboarding, it's everboarding. You could that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you could have someone that's been here five years and they still need to be trained on the latest and greatest. That's what I think at Electric to be transparent, we can be doing better. Hmm. And it's been like that every single place I've worked. So that's not unique to Electric. So we we have some work to do, but it's it's a good problem to have that we're growing and we're we're building and innovating. It's to me that really speaks to this this understanding that everybody needs training and enablement all all the time. It really doesn't matter what what your organization is. If you're building new things, you're innovating in any any way. You're you're building new features in software or adding services. Uh, you can't assume that everybody's just absorbing all that information as it is released with with an email or a, a Slack post. Yeah. You know, we got to spend time investing in our team from an enablement standpoint. And I, I'm fortunate to have seen uh, what that kind of investment in a, an enablement team can look like in a, in a, a prior life. Um, it's really, really impactful in it. But it's also just through the lens of kind of customer experience and employee experience as well. You know, we have to think about what happens uh, when we do it and then when we don't do it, because there can be some, some kind of dire consequences. Yeah. Um, very good. Well, uh, one more question for you. Yeah. And thank you so much for elaborating on, on your experiences here and, and your, your perspective on these topics. The name of the podcast is Value Builders. And I'm always eager to get uh, this question uh, in front of my guests. So what does it mean to be a value builder to you? I would say in a nutshell, and I kind of said this earlier, so not a cop out, but it, okay. for, for me, it fundamentally comes back to when it is time, this could be in the new business cycle with the sales team or within account management, you know, at, at renewal, it should be a no brainer for the customer to sign on the dotted line. And the only way it's a no brainer for them to sign on that dotted line is if you have made it an easy decision for them to come on board with you, or if they've been working with you for a year to renew for another year and show that, you know, they have that um, kind of confidence in your business. And so as I look across my organization, like everything we do should be building value for customers. So 
getting them live faster, time to value. That's the most important thing for customers when they sign on that initial dotted line, right? And then when they sign the renewal or they you know, buy additional product from us, making sure that they're getting value from those and, and providing the data to demonstrate back to them um, that they are being su successful with our products. And so, um, you know, I, everywhere I've worked and the, the companies I've been fortunate enough to partner with as my customers, at the end of the day, somebody stuck their neck on the line to bring your organization in. And so that's what I think it's easy to forget when you're, let's say a CSM and a customer is upset with you. It's like, you need to remove, remove the emotion from it and know that if this person, if we fail this person and they stuck their neck, neck out on the line for us internally, they could get fired for it. And I've seen it happen and you probably have too. And yeah, so yeah. our job is to make our champion look good. And so at the end of the day, creating value, I believe is making our champion look good and making it e easy as possible um, for them to want to continue partnering with us. Excellent. Such a powerful reminder, you know, as you talk through that, it's like it, we do have to remember why we're here in the first place and, and what the customer has as invested in and what they're asking uh, of us, uh, but sometimes it, it gets it gets lost in the shuffle. So kudos to you for for keeping that top of mind with your team. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Just so many uh, great experiences throughout your your career, and and uh, I hope everyone took a lot away from it. So thank you for joining me for for yeah. the conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank Ellen for sitting down with me for this discussion. I love this idea of being one step ahead of your customers on a path to creating new value, making sure that they're aware of all that you bring to the table and to the market. It's a really powerful idea. And we think about how we cast a vision for a customer. It's really key. I also love her take on this the structure of an organization relative to net dollar retention, quite literally thinking about how do I build my team so that we are best positioned to influence this key metric that most organizations are talking about these days. A big thank you to Ellen Turchella of Electric for joining me for this episode of Value Builders. Thank you as always. I really appreciate your time. This has been a Meta CX production.